Hello and welcome to the South American Football Show on the World Football Index with me, your host Adam Brandon. On this week's edition, we will be talking about the Under-20 World Cup coming up in Poland. We'll be looking at the four South American nations heading to Poland to compete in that competition and to help me discuss the ins and outs of those four nations. Firstly, Simon in Colombia, how are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Uh, everything is good here in Colombia. Looking forward to talking about the U20 uh, World Cup. And we've also got Tom Robinson, based in Norwich, but an expert on all things Argentina and Uruguay. Yeah, thanks, Adam. It's good to be on the pod. I'm looking forward to uh, discussing one of my favourite competitions that I've followed for for years and years now. And uh, yeah, always good to see a, a decent core of South Americans looking to get that uh, that title. So yeah, looking forward to it. Indeed. So for those who don't know, the four qualified nations this time around were Ecuador who were the South American champions. There was also Argentina, Uruguay, but we're going to start with Colombia, and I'm going to come to Simon on this. Um, Colombia are in Group A with host Poland, footballing Minos, Tahiti, and Africa's runners-up, Senegal. Um, And Senegal, of course, a nation Colombia met in the Men's Senior World Cup last year, of course. So some happy memories for you there, given that was a that ended in a victory for Colombia. Um, Simon, in the in the South American Championships, we saw quite a conservative Colombia side, which kind of played to its strengths. They probably had the best defence in the tournament, certainly the best defender anyway in Carlos Cuesta, um, and they combined that solid defence with some lethal pace on the counter attack. Um, like most Colombian sides, they could dominate possession as well. But I think the telling thing was is that they really lacked quality in the final third to make it count. There's been a couple of changes to the squad and looking at it, I think we can expect that to change in this World Cup, no? Yeah, there's definitely been some important additions, uh, particularly in the attacking uh, third of the field. Uh, Juan Camilo Hernandez, Cucho Hernandez, obviously the standout one, he's played in previous U20 World Cups. He's been an important player before as well. Uh, U20 tournaments for Colombia. Really quality uh, striker playing Wesker this year in Spain. Was one of the top scorers in the second division. Has had a decent season. Obviously a difficult for a struggling Wesker side, but a player that we're a big fan of on the podcast, I think. And a real dynamic striker who can also play a little bit deeper. It will be interesting to see how Colombia deploy him. They haven't got an obvious number 10 in the side. There are players who will play in that hole, but there's nobody who's particularly creative. Tolosa, who played that role in uh, in Chile, in the South American Championships, has been dropped from the squad. Um, they've included Luis Sinistera, which again should be a, a good quality addition going forward. He may play as a central striker or from the wing. Um, they've also got Ivan Angulo, who I think was probably the best attacking player Colombia had, is now playing in Palmeiras in Brazil. Very quick, direct forward. So they should have three good attacking uh, forwards who are are dynamic and quick and creative. Um, It will just be interesting to see how they can connect that with what should be a solid defence. It's it's that gap in between, which is the real big question. Uh, Goes, the captain, or one of the captains in the in in Chile, is is missing from injury. He's been replaced by another good Nacional player, but in Andres Perea. But uh, Goes will be a big miss because he was one of those solid defensive midfielders who could also contribute in attack. Jaime Alvarado from Watford is probably going to be important now, playing that role not so tidy on the ball, but dynamic and can get forward. In defensive midfield, they've got strong options. Balanta, Carvajal, both good. Andres Amadio, who was one of the star players to watch out for in the Guardian 100 top talents uh, in recent years. Um, He will maybe appear off the bench, I think, uh, plays in the hole attacking midfielder skillful uh, 18 years old one to watch and as you say the defense is pretty good Carlos Cuesta will be the main man holding the defense together uh, probably alongside Reyes uh, Terana of Envigado is a very good young defender uh, and then at fullback Brian Vera again and then Anders, uh, Anderson Arroyo coming in uh, been a couple of injuries so he looks like he's probably going to come in owned by Liverpool has been playing in Belgium on loan so interesting to watch 
And then in goal, uh, Kevin Mayer, who I had some concerns about, but had a really good South American championship, so it shouldn't be an issue. So plenty of talent in this Colombian side, and there's much more interest going forward than there would have been in previous uh, in the in the South American championships. Yeah, I think this Colombia side is looking a different proposition from the one that was defensively really solid, but lacked a bit going forward. I think Cucho, uh, Cucho Hernandez is someone that we've been uh, big fans of for a long time here on WFI. Um, and I, I think he has the potential to be that that talismanic player for the Cafeteros and could really propel them into you know being that missing link in the jigsaw in terms of really getting the goals, being the the both the creator um, and go, uh, and goal scorer. And I think he's he could really take his already rising reputation to the next level. Um, so I, I'm really excited to see him. Um, and you know we could well see him playing in England sooner rather than later. Um, I think they've got a decent group. Obviously playing against Poland's going to be. Um, tricky in that opening tie given that it's the home crowd and everything um, and Senegal are going to definitely be able to match them physically and um, and certainly they've got some really good technical players in there as well we've seen them do well in in youth tournaments um, over the last few years so I think Colombia should be progressing from this group um, and I, yeah I'm really I'm really glad to see David Casado in there as well because I felt like he was um he could add something a bit different to this Columbia side as well. So, um, yeah, I feel like they're, they're going to progress. Um, it might be, a, it might not necessarily be top of the group, but um, I, I think they, they, they should give themselves a good chance um, of, of uh, yeah, potentially winning it, but definitely getting out of the group. Um, and yeah, the, as we've seen, they're a side you don't really want to write off. And with, with that really defensive uh, foundation, they, they could go, could go a long way. And Simon, what are the expectations for this Colombia side in Colombia there? Yeah, I mean, obviously, mixed feelings about the South American performance. Um, when you score so few goals and the only threat seems to come from corners, it's really hard to get too excited. Um, but obviously, they have now some forwards of quality. They've dropped a lot of a lot of the the guys who played in the South American championships were really, really tall and not much else. So they seem to have switched from that approach. Uh, Sandoval as well was probably the most interesting of the number nines they took to Chile. Um, and he's kept his place. But elsewhere, it's all a lot more dynamic, a lot more creative. So we'll have to see. Uh, in terms of expectations, people get excited. It's it's a big deal here. We'll be on TV. People will be looking forward to the games. Um, again, more, more enthusiasm with Cucho Hernandez. He's a player that uh, fans here in Colombia are really excited about. Scored a couple of goals on his... Uh, Columbia debut so he's already a name that's going to get people watching uh, and excited about this tournament so yeah I think getting out of the group and then anything from there Colombia showed that they're really solid defensively and if they can uh, start scoring goals then yeah I think they could have a decent tournament we'll have to see how things come together in terms of the squad and the tactics but on paper there's a, a solid team with some Good quality forwards uh, there for Colombia at this time. So would Hernandez be the one player you would tell our listeners to to watch out for? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Uh, he's going to be the the, uh, the centre of a lot of what Colombia do. I think Ivan Angulo will be interesting to see how he does at this level. I think he's very quick, very skillful, can turn defence to attack on his own, will, will get on the ball and would make things happen. He's probably the most exciting player who perhaps is new um, for someone who hasn't followed uh, South American football, uh, maybe they've seen a bit of Hernandez at, at Wesco, but I think even Angulo will be a, a new player to watch out for. And then in defensive midfield, there's a lot of lot of guys, and they'll, they'll be interchangeable. Carvajal, Balanta, maybe not the most creative, but in terms of all action ball winning midfielders, they're they're pretty good. And uh, you know, Colombia's been produ- producing quite a lot of number fives, and uh, they kind of fit the mold in terms of the Jefferson Lema, Wilma Barrios type of ball winners. So Again, they, they're kind of players that might be interesting to some European sides who want a bit of energy and a and a, a tidy ball winner in midfield. So one of those might stand out as well. I think the player I'm probably most looking forward to seeing um, on, on the Colombia side in this World Cup is Carlos Cuesta at the back. Um, you know, he was just head and shoulders above pretty much any other defender in, in that under-20 South American championships that, you know, I, I attended many of the games here in Chile and 
I can't really remember him putting a foot wrong in in that whole tournament. And he was probably the main reason why they've got to this World Cup. Not just for his defensive skills, it was also his ability to lead and organise a team. And uh, and I think he's going to be key once again because, you know, obviously all these players are under 20, but it feels like Cuesta's been around quite a few years. So it feels like he's kind of the experienced head in the side, though, so Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it doesn't feel fair <laughs> that Colombia's still got him, to be honest. Um, he He's still at Atletico Nacional. Um, this really should be the tournament where a lot of European clubs or, or you know, big clubs in South America take notice and finally... Uh, pick him up because yeah he, he made it look easy in Chile um, against some good forwards so it'll be interesting to see how he does in Europe in this competition against some international competi- uh, sides African sides European sides but if he can reproduce his form then he'll definitely be a player that uh, will be on the top of the notepads for a lot of clubs I think in Europe yeah just a real tidy quick smart composed defender who who can seems like he has everything in the in in the in the tank and uh, we'll see how he how he does in this uh, new step in his career but it should really be the chance for a lot of clubs to to see him and and maybe make that big move yeah i definitely agree he's he's been yeah fantastic player for a while now and it is as you guys have both said it's a surprise that he's still applying his trade in colombia offers great value for money and i think yeah he's he's going to be one that it'll be an absolute shock if he he's not picked up by someone this summer um other than that, you know, obviously Cucho is the star, but um, Ivan Angulo and I think David Caseo could could make a name for themselves. And, um, you know, even though Angulo's just gone to Palmeiras, they could potentially look to cash in. And um, he's, he's definitely going to be another that I think will will catch people's eye, um, especially those who haven't watched the Sudamericano earlier in the year. Yeah, with Angulo, there's already been interest from teams like Chelsea in Europe who are tracking his progress. He's in... He's in Brazil now. That's increased his value quite a lot. Um, but he's on loan there. It's a it's a fluid situation. So I think, yeah, it wouldn't be a big surprise if he has an amazing tournament that teams are already lining up his next move, potentially. OK, let's move on to Group B, as that contains another South American nation, and that's Ecuador, the South American champions. Uh, they're in a group with Mexico, Italy and Japan. Um, Ecuador, it was their, actually their first title at any level in their history. Um, so this team is pretty much adored by their public um, and I suspect that expectations are fairly high in the country um, heading into this competition given just how good they looked in, in the South American. So they've got Italy who are the, under, who are the European Championship under-19 runners-up so that looks rather tricky and, and Mexico who are usually quite decent at this level, the CONCACAF runners-up and, and, and Japan. But Ecuador themselves, they have a squad packed full of talent. But Simon, do we think they have what it takes to repeat what Venezuela did two years ago and, and get all the way to the final? It'll be interesting to see. Um, I think if they do, then I think the neutrals will be be very pleased and we'll have an enjoyable tournament because this is a side full of, of good quality and a side that plays good dynamic passing football. Uh, it's a very difficult challenge and they're going to be, they're going to be put under pressure. Maybe they'll be caught out occasionally uh, getting players forward or, or trying to work the ball a bit too much, but if it works, it's going to be great. And there's a lot of reasons to think that it, it just may, may just work. Um, really good players in this side. For me, the standout is Leonardo Campana, the striker, uh, tall target man but but pretty quick as well really smart player holds the ball up well finishes nicely gets in the box really does everything I think he's undoubtedly on his way to Europe in the next uh, 6 to 12 months um, and he's going to be a very interesting player to watch I think he's, his style is one that will, will suit uh, the European game and he's going to be, I think, yeah, the, the first guy you notice. But there's a lot of quality in the side. Uh, Rosawala, a really good playmaker as well to watch out for. Uh, quality throughout the side. Your favourite, Cifuentes as well in there. Good goalkeeper uh, in Moises. Just a really good side all round. You know, good quality throughout. So it's going to be a team that plays really nice football. 
has the the quality to move it in midfield, has a good target man who can get on the end of crosses or can hold up the play and bring people in. A player playmaker in Resavala who who will dictate the play. Good attacking fullbacks, some good physical centre backs. It's it's a really nice mix. Uh, a team that we were really impressed with. Uh, what do you think, Tom, for for this Ecuadorian size chances? Yeah, I, I like a lot of the players as we mentioned in in previous pods. Um, Alvarado is another one who I think maybe goes a bit under the radar when you've got the more obvious talents of Rezabala, Campana, Sifuentes. Uh, um, but I think he's he's someone who who's, who's really clever, gets some gets in some good positions and and provides a, a threat both coming off the wing and just sort of um, as like a, a support striker as well. So um, and then obviously Gonzalo Blatter as well, who's just got that raw pace um, and power as well in his shots from from distance. He can you know cut in off the right and unleash that left-footed uh, shot of his, or he can absolutely rinse you down the line. So. They've they've got aggression. They've got um, a good level of maturity as well. They've obviously got um, you know a lot of energy in there as well. So they'll they'll be a match for all the other sides in this group. Um, and I think maybe you know we mentioned their defence um, being you know maybe maybe it's a part of the squad that we we le- least focus on. But you know Palacios is already capped at senior level. Uh, Jackson Poroso was one of the I think made the most interceptions. Um, or clearances in in Sudamericano, and yeah, as we've mentioned, a lot of um, Ramirez in goal was a standout um, player. You know, Sociedad have already snapped him up, and quite a few of these players have already been snapped up. But there's there's still some you know big names in that squad that are still playing their trade in Ecuador, and I I wouldn't be surprised that if they get out of the uh, group and and go deep in this uh, tournament, then there'll be a lot more interest in their players. Uh, one player I think we should um, mention who we didn't see at the Sudamericano is Steven Plaza. Um, he's at Ra- uh, Real Valladolid in Spain. He's only played about 30 minutes of football for the, uh, for them since he moved from uh, Independiente del Valle's uh, amazing academy. Um, but he's a guy who absolutely ripped up the um, under-20 Copa Libertadores. And I think he's got about seven goals in five or six games and and looks like um, he could add even more firepower up front if they want maybe someone who's uh, a bit more of a, a battering ram and an aerial target than Campana then I think they'll if they can find a way of incorporating or rotating both of those in a, in a way that's not going to take away from Cam, Campana's um, you know talismanic role up front then I think that gives them an extra extra uh, edge because this tournament's like like the Sudamericano is is about how deep your squad is and and not just how good your first 11 is and it's it's going to be interesting especially in what I think is probably the group of death um it's going to be a really interesting clash of styles um and it's I think it's going to be yeah so so interesting to see how this group unfolds I really think that Ecuador have one of the best chances of all the South American nations of, of getting to the, at least the semi-finals. But given how quali- uh, how good the quality in the group is, if they got edged out, then, you know, you, they could still have played quite well and get edged out, you know. So it's I think it's um, this is going to be the group to watch for sure. I mean, I, I don't know what you guys think of their chances. I'm pretty hopeful. And I, and I was, you know, we did this part a couple of years ago and I was, I was fairly optimistic seem to recall on Venezuela's chances then and I am about this Ecuador side as well I, I do think that they've been a little bit unfortunate with the draw um, you know looking back at Venezuela a couple of years ago they had a fairly kind um, draw I, I think although they did have Germany in their group so but you know this Ecuador side I think on their day could potentially be anybody apart from maybe Uruguay. We'll come on to that later as they seem to have a bit of an issue beating Uruguay. But um, yeah, I, it's just so many players in this side that I really enjoy watching. Um, Sefuentes, especially in, in, in midfield. Um, you know, such a lovely passer of a ball. Um, short and long range passing is, is really on point. Um, and and he's also a fairly modern midfielder in terms of you know he can, he can get box to box um yeah he he very he reads the game very well in his head as well um but what's interesting about Sefuentes is he hasn't i'm 
I'm of the impression that he hasn't shone as much as perhaps we thought he would have done in the in the Ecuadorian league um, in in senior football. So um, so there's still perhaps plenty to learn there for him, and it's going to be interesting given his dip in form in 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 adult football, uh, whether or not he will have the same impact in this World Cup than he did on the on the South American Championships. Also, another player we should talk about a little bit more is Campania up front, who I know that Simon uh, fell in love with during the under-20 Sudamericano. Um, Simon, maybe you want to speak a little bit more about him, but you know, for me... He was probably the standout forward of of that championships. You know, he can play well with his back to goal, but I think what really stood out for me was was the skills that he displayed on some of his uh, play in the final third. Yeah, he's just for me just the the perfect modern forward. And we'll see. You know, there's a lot of questions, but there's already talk of you know 15 million uh, euro offer from Milan and. Atletico Madrid interested in signing him as well. So it wasn't only me who was impressed, uh, obviously, for his performances at the South American Championships. Just just can do everything. Just such a smart, smart player. Very mature, very grounded. Wins the ball in the air, can take it down, can bring players in, can run beyond the defence uh, to go one-on-one, has finished really nicely. Nice touches. You know, the player that comes to mind is Falcao, you know, Colombian, and and he has some of those qualities, but he holds up the ball as well. That's something that Falcao never really had. I just think he's so complete as a striker. We'll, we'll have to see. Um, he's made his full Ecuador debut already. He's now getting into the Barcelona team. They had initially had some concerns about his physicality, but they seem happy to be playing him now. He's a player who's going to be uh, potentially one of the top strikers in South American football for the next decade. And it's, you know, very early, 18, 19 years old. But for me, he has all of the ingredients to be a real, real star. Uh, I I can't see anyone in South America of his age at the moment who is such a complete target man forward uh, with the goals, with the touches, with the link play, with the winning the ball in the air. He kind of does a bit of everything. So, yeah, for me, he was the guy who stood out so much in the South American championships and, uh, I'm really excited to see what he can do this summer and then moving forward where his career takes him. Okay, let's move on to Group C. And that contains Uruguay, who have possibly got the easiest group on paper of the South American nations in in Poland. But it is worth noting that one of their group opponents, Norway, they they beat the reigning champions England to get there. Um, The other two nations are Honduras, and New Zealand, now looking at their qualification records, they shouldn't pose too much of a threat to a side as accomplished as this Uruguayan one. But Tom, in, in Chile, during the South American Championships, we saw Uruguay's performances somewhat fluctuate a fair bit. Uh, they were beaten by Argentina twice, but, but at the same time, they managed to beat Ecuador twice as I as I briefly mentioned a couple of minutes ago so it's a side that perhaps still haven't hit peak form and uh, and maybe this World Cup especially a favorable group gives them a chance to to do just that yeah it was it was a weird situation because on paper they've got a very good uh, squad um, and a good a good balance in both defense and attack but when, yeah, when we watched them, like you said, they had these lurches from very impressive performance to quite underwhelming uh, ones. And there, there never seemed to be a real style associated with them like we've seen from, you know, previous sides, the last, um, the two, 2017 very technical side, um, as you know, they've brought through all these much more ball playing midfielders Um Whereas, you know, in previous years, we saw maybe the, the blood and thunder with the likes of Knight and Nanda and Aaron Bari in, in, in that wonderful team with um, Pereiro and, uh, yeah, um, so some, of the, some of those uh, players back, back uh, several years ago who, who were, yeah, who were more that fighting spirit of Uruguay that we've always associated. And this was kind of, it had a bit of both, but it never really settled on one. So... I think, yeah, the the easy group is, as you said, definitely the easiest group 
um, out of the South American nations and they should comfortably qualify. But part of me thinks, are they just going to cruise through the group easily, having not really been tested? And then if they get someone who's had to scrap their way out of a tougher group, are they going to be ready for for a a step up in quality? So this is a, a team that I'd like to see go quite far, but I have a few reservations about. There's also a case of they're a little bit of an unknown quantity coming into this as well, given the fact that they've changed their head coach since that South American Championships, no? Exactly, yeah. It's uh, It was a bit of a surprise to see Coito leave onto pastures new. When... He's actually gone to Honduras as well, so I'm wondering if he's passing on any notes there. <laughs> <laughs> quite possibly, quite possibly. But yeah, I think we were all expecting him maybe being the successor to the national team after... Um, uh, Tavares um, sort of eventually steps down. But yeah, he seems like he was bored of waiting and, and went for a, a different opportunity. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how Gustavo Ferreira does um, and how he changes maybe the makeup of this squad. For one, you know, one area that they were very solid in was defence. Bruno Mendes, the captain, has now been snapped up by Corinthians and he's going to be one of the standout uh, defenders. Really, really impressive Um player who who did well on his um international his senior international um debut as well alongside Caceres um and then Busquets did well he's not had a lot of game time at Peñarol recently um because I think Giovanni Gonzalez has has stepped up and done well and, and got his way into the senior national team which has kept Busquets in the shadow somewhat um but what's quite interesting is we see Ronald Araujo come into the squad and this is a guy who he, he wasn't the Sudamericano because Barcelona B didn't um, release him, um, but he's yeah he he hasn't sort of come through any of the big clubs in Uruguay. He was at Rentistas and then Boston River, and this guy is a really really good prospect, six foot three uh, central defender who I think can also play on on the left as well. And in theory, you know you you think he would probably come into the starting eleven, but do you really want to disrupt that um, brilliant partnership of Mendes and Casares? So. That's going to be really interesting to see how they fit these three really good uh, defenders into the, the squad. You know, Maxi Araujo had a, had a good tournament as well. Um, and then further upfield, we've we've got a, new, a couple of new faces as well in in Santiago Rodriguez, who's been in brilliant form for Nacional. Looks like a really tricky technical customer, someone who I think can add a, a lot of creativity um, to this already you know quite attacking. Um, squad list that they've got with uh, a um as well as the attacking midfield talents of Sanabria, Bosselli, who's now moved to Spain as well. Um, and also they've got Brian uh, Rodriguez, who's, who's done well in spells in, in the Libertadores for Peñarol. So even more firepower to go with those guys. Bit of a shame to see Darwin Nunez still in there because I thought he was very wasteful. Um, and Emmy Gomez has been given another shout. Still only 17, so a, a lot to, to expect of him. But uh, someone who can who can make a difference if he um, if he shows his true potential, which he didn't really show in the Sudamericano. So um, yeah. A lot of um, interesting questions to see who's going to get the nod up front and um, how they're going to fit all the guys in in defence. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how the Uruguayan squad uh, does. It's very interesting. I, I was impressed by Ezekiel Busquets, so it's going to be an important tournament for him in terms of uh, kind of proving the some of the qualities that, that I saw. I thought he was one of the better fullbacks at the sort of Americana, so he's going to be one I'm going to be watching out for. It's also an interesting group in terms of the, the countries, obviously not the strongest, but it's a real interesting mix. Honduras, New Zealand, Norway and Uruguay. So it's going to be a real clash of cultures and it's going to be a lot of different styles of football, I would imagine, and uh, be interesting to see how Uruguay deal with that. Obviously, lots of players with a lot of potential, I think. Uh, a lot of questions, I'd say, particularly going forward, strong defensive options and uh, we'll see how things come together in terms of all these attacking options. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing how that how that goes for them. But yeah, as you say, a, a group that they should progress from, but uh, a group that will pose plenty of different questions, I think. Yeah, there's a few um, players on the on the New Zealand side that I'm quite looking forward to seeing, actually. Uh, Sarpreet Singh has got quite a good uh, reputation and has, has been capped by the, the senior national team, as has um, the fantastically named Liberato Kaka. 
Kakese, I think, um, and Michael Wood, the keeper as well. Um, all guys who've played for the for the senior national team. So um, I think um, New Zealand could, I mean, they're going to have a, a brilliant chance of getting out of the group um, when perhaps they wouldn't have uh, expected to. And, and Norway as well, I think, um, you know, I don't know a lot about them, but certain, certainly players like Erling Haaland and Christian uh, Thortsveld, um, look, you know, look decent. And there's a, there's a couple of guys who are, who are in the defence who are on the books of some English clubs as well. So, yeah, I think this is going to be one of those potentially nice surprise groups. Um, and um, I think even though we've talked a lot about the um, defence and, and attacking talents, I think potentially the the kind of the player for Uruguay that it might rest most on though or their, their chances of success anyway is um the uh central midfielder Acevedo um who I, I don't think they really have a, a replacement for basically he's he's kind of the guy who who links attack and defense and I know Adam you were a, a big fan of his in the Sudamericano yeah indeed I was, I was quite excited when there was a there was a link to Norwich as well during during that tournament um yeah, he's 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 capable of playing in in both defence and midfield, I believe. But yeah, in, in that tournament, he was he was in midfield, and and yeah, he was very good at winning the ball back, especially, and then passing it on to others. But it, but he he had an all round game really. He he was able to get forward as well and support attacks. I, I remember him getting on the end of a couple of crosses and set pieces as well. So he was a bit of a threat in the air too. So a real proper all-round midfielder, but but with a little bit more emphasis on the defensive side of a game, I would say. But yeah, he's uh, he's certainly one that is going to be key to any Uruguay success, as you say. Yeah, probably argue, arguably the maybe the second best central midfielder behind Cifuentes from the, the Sudamericano. Um, and yeah, just generally, it's I think it's a really interesting mix of players because you've got, as I've said, you've got these players who've who've got these up-and-coming reputations and then there's a few that have been around a bit longer, like Chef Picasso. You know, we're still at a stage where we don't know if he's going to be someone who's just, because he feels like he's been around forever, like Carlos Cuesta, whether we're kind of, heaping too much pressure on him because he's still only 20 years old and you know that's still very young in by anyone's account and and you know part of us see him as someone who seems to have been around forever and and is he has he kicked on enough but this could be just the the tournament he needs to get his career back on track so i think that's a really interesting um subplot to um as well as these you know strong defensive prospects um and these you know interesting technical um, players like Rodriguez, like Gomez, um, and obviously some of the guys who are already, already based out in Spain, like Sanabria, Raúl and Bocelli. So this this group has the potential if they click to go on and be something really special, like maybe we expected in Sudamericano, or they they might not quite form that collective that they've usually been so good at doing. So yeah, it's going to be very interesting. And and a final thought is just. Um, that it's interesting to see that there's still no place in the squad for Thiago Vecino or, or Brian Acampo, two guys who've ripped it up at uh, uh, youth level for a, a very successful national team. Um, but uh, yeah, still don't seem to be able to find their way in. So um, hopefully they won't rue that decision to leave them out. Okay, well, let's move on to talk about the team from the other side of the Rio de la Plata, and that's Argentina. And they're in Group F in Poland with Portugal, South Korea and South Africa. Um, Portugal are the European champions. South Korea finished runners-up in Asia. And South South Africa finished third in, in, in their African qualifying. So this is an Argentina side which again we kind of saw two sides of really in the in the under 20 South American championships but they did they did come strong towards the end of the tournament um especially once Aldolfo Geich started started up front for them they seemed to be a lot more of a dangerous side from that moment onwards uh for me um obviously there was some real standout performances uh, from midfielders such as De La Vega, uh, Sosa, 
These are players who have been linked with um, big clubs since that tournament. So there's a lot of talent in this Argentina side, in my opinion. But it's just whether their coach can perhaps knit it all together over the course of this tournament. And if they can do that, I feel that we might see Argentina regain some of their their former glory in in this tournament. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because I think, um, yeah, there are question marks over the coach. And certainly, even though this team has got some standout players, compared to years gone by, it definitely doesn't feel as star-studded as some of the teams that we've seen. And if anything, it's probably got even less star-studded since the Sudamericano. You know, there's players like uh, Maxi Romero and uh, Colidio, um, and the big big shock from the the team selection, no Thiago Almada, the the Velez wonder kid. Um, so it feels like they've got rid of you know three of the big names uh, straight away from from the attacking sense of things. But I do like this squad, and I think that um, it's got a nice blend. The, the players they have brought in are going to add different um, qualities to the squad, and and I feel like after a lot of chopping and changing to begin with, whether that be down to uh, the rigours of the Sudamericano and the need to rotate, or whether Batista has finally kind of settled on his preferred lineup, um, I, th- I think there's an understated, together, um, fairly humble group of players that, uh, that could go on and, and do well. And um, it's an interesting group. I think Portugal are going to be hard to beat, but... Um, I'd certainly fancy Argentina to to get out of the group. That's for sure. Okay. Yeah, no, it's definitely a, a side with a few interesting names. Obviously, it's not we're not talking Messi with Aguero, but there's players in here who have been linked to Europe or who have made a good impact already. Obviously, Ezekiel Barco is is a, a name that people will know and is a, is a good player. Almendra in midfield as well. Uh, Santiago Sosa you mentioned. So there's there's definitely a few players in there who are definitely worth keeping an eye on. And as you say, maybe they've uh, they've they've focused the group down a little bit more, and, and it's more focused on the collective to get the best out of this group. Uh, it's going to be an interesting group as well. I think South Korea, they beat Ecuador, you know, one of our favourites recently in a friendly, so that could be one to watch. Obviously, Portugal have a a good reputation, and, and we don't know a great deal. Well, I don't know a great deal. Maybe you guys can help me on South Africa, but it'd be interesting to see what they can provide. So, I think this Argentinian side definitely has some players to watch, players who. I've been linked to big European clubs already and are starting to make an impact at some big sides in, in the Argentine league. So there's definitely uh, a lot of intrigue, I think, with this Argentina side. And you could definitely put together a really strong starting eleven there and, and there is some depth in the squad. So for me, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they do. And I think they've got a few difficult challenges in that group. Uh, so we'll have to see if they can uh, they can get things to, to knit together and if they can play to their potential, which while it isn't, astounding i think it's still definitely a lot of very interesting uh, players in this side what are the expectations levels like for this argentina side then Tom? i think they're they're relatively high as, as they always are i mean I'm, i know that a lot of people are shocked of uh, the fact that almada's not in there and i think that's sort of dampened enthusiasm a little bit there's definitely questions over batista's selection um as we mentioned before um but the fact that they did pretty well at the sudamericano and and could have quite easily ended up winning that had it not been for their final day performance has has meant that there's yeah there's some fresh optimism i think there's a there's a good spine to the squad roffo was is a very good keeper who's been highly rated for a long time uh noen Perez. Um, you know, already on the books of Atletico Madrid, and he was an absolute rock um, at the centre of defence, and and someone who's who was really impressive. Um, yeah, Belardi hasn't hasn't been selected or hasn't been released by Dortmund, so that's a shame not to see him. Um, but um, they've brought in uh, Weigand as well, who, who might start at, at right back there. Um, and yeah, I, I think I think the defence maybe. Not not the not the strongest, but um, Perez is Perez is very important for um, for that there. And then midfield's the the area I feel like it's most improved. I mean, Sosa has been linked um, pretty heavily with um, uh, I think about 15 million move to Everton, and and he grew into the tournament, and uh, it looks like a really uh, decent defensive midfielder. 
Annabel Moreno was was very impressive um, and uh, definitely the surprise package in, in midfield uh, during the Sudamericano and I expect to see plenty more of him. And I think the fact that they've brought in Almendra, who who is, um, used to be the captain but was injured for the Sudamericano, he's a really graceful, long-legged um, central midfielder who can who can kind of do some of the bits of a playmaker but also can get his foot stuck in. And, and I think he's someone who could really transform their midfield and as is uh, Christian Ferreira um, the, the the young guy from Cordoba who's who's made a really big impression at River in the last six months excellent set piece um, delivery and you know a real threat from uh, from range um, and I think he's, he's going to add a lot more guile to the midfield and and then the big question is um, is Maroni going to keep that number 10 spot or is Barco going to be handed um, that or is he going to be expected to play out wide? You know, I think Barco is another one of these stories that you know we've we've mentioned of guys who've been around forever, have are clearly extremely talented, but we're not quite sure where their career is going to go just yet. A bit like uh, Schiapacase, you know, he Barco didn't do amazing things for the for the under 20s last time around maybe again that's a case of him being too young and, and and not fitting in with the group that time so he's he's moved to atalanta he's he's doing all right by all accounts but i don't think he's ripping it up just yet and again this could be the moment where he he really establishes himself as as uh, one of the hottest young argentinian prospects and, and re, rekindles that form that saw him so highly linked a couple uh, highly praised uh, a couple of years ago um, so I think it's going to be really interesting. The midfield is looking very good now, better than it did in the Sudamericano. And then up front, it's 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 interesting because it seems like they've scaled back on, um, you know, a lot of the options. De La Vega was absolutely sensational. And I think he's going to be someone that a lot of people may not have seen a lot of and is going to catch the eye. Um, I think Julian Alvarez is going to be given more of a central role. I think he's going to be the the sort of designated um, striker now as, as the, the one that they really look to as their, as their main goal getter. And he's been doing some impressive things ever since, um, you know, he, he's, he's burst onto the scene with River as well. He's he scored some nice goals lately. Um, Geich, I'm not sure if they're necessarily going to start him, but I think he's got a really good option off the bench and or just for specific games that require a bit more physical presence. And, you know, as we saw he, you know, he he could potentially bag you a hat trick, or he might, you know, fluff his chances. So, another of those interesting talents that isn't an, a guaranteed certainty, but could have a fantastic tournament and um, and, and start his career. So, yeah, it's I don't think it's necessary on a level with Ecuador or, or Uruguay in terms of individual talent, but I think there's a really strong spine, really good collective. And um, I, I'm really intri- intrigued to see what this this side can do because there's some definite players who've got, you know, senior national team potential um, in there. Yeah, I just want to really speak a little bit more about De La Vega, who I mentioned earlier, um, the player from Lanús. He was he was the player I came away from the South American Championships. If I had to sort of put my money on one, who will probably make it very big um he was probably the one i would say for kind of a variety of factors you know that typical argentine ability to be able to easily adapt over to european life and uh, and football amongst them which maybe you would have some doubts about the some of the uh, say ecuadorian or colombian players um where De La Vega just seemed to have a really good head on his shoulders. One of the most intelligent players I've probably seen, actually, live at, at a game. In, in During the championships, I think he must have put himself in about five or six different positions during the, during the championships. Um, he mainly played, well, I can't say mainly played, but probably the majority of his minutes came on the left side um, of an attacking um, midfield. But he certainly popped up quite a lot on the on the right. He even could play through the centre a little bit or or even a little bit deeper on the on on the wings. Um, so a player with great technique, um, first of all, got to make that clear. Um, but also 
a player with superb intelligence. Um, and although he's right-footed, he's certainly comfortable on his left as well. And um, and yeah, I, I, I think he could well be, if not the standout player of this tournament, one of the standout players of this tournament. And I think he's going to be a player we're going to be speaking a lot about in, in South American football over the next decade. For sure. I mean, I think it, it almost feels like the the coaching staff had a choice of going for one of the two really young guys in the squad. And because of De La Vega's superior performances at the under-20s, uh, in uh, well, the Sudamericano rather, that, that he's definitely got the nod. And like you said, he's so versatile, so intelligent to be able to pop up in all those different positions. And he really added something to the side. Whereas I feel like as much as I think Almada is an equivalent talent and potentially um, even better. I think he was kind of not necessarily punished because of his Sudamericano performances, but the fact they kind of have a couple of more traditional number 10s like Barco, like Maroni. I mean, even, you know, even the likes of um, Ferreira can kind of do that, even though they're probably better slightly out wide. I feel like they were more players who could do that, whereas De La Vega is something unique. And I think, like you said, he could really, he really played himself into the starting lineup. And I think he will be someone who we see a lot of at this tournament. So, yeah, there's, he's he's got star potential. I, I do think Perez um, has got a good chance of, of going on and doing something um, quite big for the Argentina national team, purely because there's not that many good defenders, central defenders out there for them. And also Almendra and certainly the way that Ferreira's been playing recently. I think these guys are, um, are, are really something special too. So th- there is some stardust sprinkled in there, but it's certainly not um, not replete with uh, the usual levels of um, particularly um, sort of attacking forward players that we're, that we're used to. Okay, well, I think that's pretty much everything covered from the South American perspective. Um, I would also recommend checking out James Knowlton's article on the World Football Index website. He's picked out a few under-20 names from all around the world to look out for heading into that tournament in Poland, which I think he's hoping to attend. So uh, hopefully here at World Football Index we're going to have plenty of content for you during the championships and after we'll certainly be back for a pod perhaps during the competition but certainly after as well reviewing some of these performances let's uh, let's get on to the outros now tom um just let the listeners know where they can find you and perhaps just give us a quick prediction as well yeah, you can find me on Twitter at TomRobber89. I'm definitely going to be trying to follow as much of the tournament as possible and, and certainly um, yeah, keeping an eye on the South American teams that we've mentioned today. I think um, in terms of who I expect to go the furthest, I think provided Ecuador can get out of the group, I see them as potential semi-finalists. And I think the other three are all capable and should be getting out of their groups, but I don't really see them unless they get a kind draw progress or progressing beyond the, uh, the quarterfinals. Um, you know, each one of them is, I think is capable of, of going a little bit further, but I think Ecuador, the only one who've got that real momentum and yeah, star, star quality that could really see them, you know, take a lot of teams by surprise and, and, and trouble trouble anyone on given on their best day so yeah ecuador and my tip okay and simon yeah so twitter at simon edwards saf uh, for predominantly colombia stuff but i'm increasingly enthusiastic about ecuadorian football especially at u20 level so i share tom's enthusiasm for this ecuador side and i hope they do well not only because uh, you know, a South American representative with a lot of talent and potential, but also if they do well, then it will mean good football is is winning over in uh, in Poland, and I think that's something we can all enjoy. My prediction is Colombia will score more goals in this tournament than they did in uh, Chile. Hopefully, maybe that's wishful <laughs> thinking, but there's plenty of uh, the game. Atta- the game talent. against Tahiti should help. With that, <laughs> yeah, that so I, hopefully they'll get more in that game than they did in the entire. Uh, Chilean uh, competition uh, yeah I think I generally agree with Tom I think 
Ecuador's the team to watch, but uh, I think all teams are in a good position to be competitive. The draw is going to be important. I think Colombia have a very solid base uh, that we've seen. Uh, they'll be difficult to beat if they can uh, free up some attacking, uh, some some more fluid attacking play and put the ball in the net a few times then you know who knows what will happen but yeah I'm, I'm happy with the four representatives we have four sides that will play different football but you know we, we have a good with a good balance a good quality uh, and I think they should be competitive and, and do us proud in in Poland uh, what about you Adam yeah so you can find me at Adam Braddon 84 uh I'll be hoping to watch a fair amount of the of the under 20 World Cup Certainly the games involving Ecuador and probably ones involving the other South American nations as well. Um, obviously, I'm very enthusiastic about this Ecuador side, so I do think they've got the potential to reach at least the last four of the competition and, um, and I'd perhaps back Argentina if things come together and if their key players stay fit to perhaps match them as well. But yeah, uh, just just as I mentioned earlier, just keep a lookout um, on World Football Index on, on Twitter and on our website for for more content as as the comp- competition progresses. So that's all from us today. Um, just a huge thanks to Tom and Simon for joining me on this on this podcast to discuss discuss these nations heading to Poland. A huge thanks to our listeners as well for, for tuning into this podcast and downloading it. And it's goodbye.